All right, guys, Ivor Margerison here, and today's episode is brought to you by Colorado Micro Weddings, a all-inclusive wedding planning company that puts together packages with everything you need for your small boutique mountain weddings in Colorado. They also have lots of resources to help you plan and organize small weddings anywhere in the world. Of course, I'm a bit biased because it's actually my company. With that, let's get into the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Do New Podcast. <laughs> So today we are going to be talking about what it means to be a wedding officiant. Now, this is something that I actually do professionally. I have officiated over several hundred weddings in Colorado and across a handful of different states. So it's something that comes up on my social media a lot, and I get a lot of people reaching out to me asking questions about it. So it's something I kind of want to just expand upon. Now, there's multiple directions of this. On the one side of it, People, you know, the professional side of being a wedding officiant. What does it look like to make a lot of your money performing wedding ceremonies? Now, that is an option, and a lot of people do do that. But more commonly, what I get asked a lot is people who say, hey, my friend or my cousin, they want me to officiate their ceremony, their wedding. They want me to lead it, and I don't know how to do that or what I should do or what's required. So we're going to be kind of getting into both my work as a professional wedding officiant, but also just what it looks like in general for anyone who's going to do a friend or a family member's wedding. So first off, what is a wedding officiant? The wedding officiant is the guy who's up between the bride and the groom leading the wedding ceremony. He's talking, he's telling him to say I do, he's telling him to kiss, he's that guy. Now in a lot of cases, that's the minister at your local church, but um, in more contemporary ceremonies, that's not obviously not always the case. So for example, in Colorado, I specialize in mountain kind of small ceremonies. So I'm usually up at an overlook with a bride and a groom and maybe 10 different friends and family members. The ceremonies only run like 10 minutes. They're very simple and straightforward. So there's a big wide range of it. But at the end of the day, the wedding officiant is that guy who's leading the ceremony. Now, the other side of that is he's also the guy who's going to solemnize the marriage. He's going to sign the wedding license. So that's where people kind of get tripped up. They start to think, well, I want to have my friend be my wedding officiant, but he's not a minister. Is that okay? Is it legal? What's the rules? So that's a very open-ended question and I'm not equipped to really get into it because each state is so different. And I know I have listeners all over the place. So with that being said, every state's different. You need to look at your local laws. However, in many cases, the person who signs the wedding license needs to be a religious religious figure or they need to be ordained by religious organization, which is kind of a vague term. And there are some places online where you can go and do some different things and become ordained. Now, in some states, that's perfectly legal. In other states, that's not necessarily acceptable. So you, their best option is going to be to call your local marriage license office, you know, governmental office who organizes those and just ask and say, hey, my friend wants to do my wedding. What are the rules on that? Now, the other thing to keep in mind is a lot of people do this, especially military couples who have to do the legal side of it earlier on and they do the ceremony later. If you really want to have a friend or a family member do it and you don't want to worry about them getting ordained or figuring out the rules, the two of you can always go in either before or after the wedding ceremony and have either a judge or someone like that sign your license, take care of the legal side of it, and then perform the ceremony on a different day. Some people don't like that. They want to do everything in the same day, but that's always is an option. Now, the other thing to consider is that some states, Colorado specifically, allow you to self-salmonize, which means in the state of Colorado, the bride and the groom can walk in 
get the license, sign it themselves, and hand it right back. So in Colorado specifically, there's no requirement as to who are the witnesses, who's the officiant, yada, yada. Anyway, that's the legal side of it. Colorado, it's very simple because the couples can always self-summonize, which means really anyone can lead their ceremony, which leads you to the next question of why then um, would someone pay you to be their officiant? Because the wedding officiant, he's not just the psalmonizing party. He's not just the license signer. He is you know, the leader of it. He's the public speaker who's going to lead your ceremony, talk you through it, tell your story, talk about love and marriage. So let's talk about that. Really, that's what it takes as a wedding officiant. What you're going to do is you're going to write a script. Now, if you've never done it before, you can go online, Google wedding script generator, and you can click religious or non-religious, personal vows or custom vows. It'll basically, you can build a script. Now, a wedding script basically follows a general flow. You're going to have an introduction. You're going to talk about, you know, love and marriage. You're going to talk about the couple, maybe make some jokes, you know, lighthearted. It's not a comedy routine. And then from there, you get into the basic elements that you need. There's the declaration of intent. Now, that's the only part that's really required in most states for the legal side of a ceremony is you need to have both couples who both basically say, I take the other person to be my wife or husband. Other than that, you know, there's some stuff. You do a ring exchange, and then finally at the end you have a kiss. Now, I'm not going to get into the details of this script outline because you can go online and you're going to be able to find it. Like I said, go online, look up scripts, build it from there. Now, if you're doing it for a friend or family, that's really all you have to do. You're going to go online, build yourself a script, and then talk with them, you know, learn their story, learn how they met. All my ceremonies, I like to start by talking about a new, we're starting a new chapter in their love story, you know, and then I say this, a story which first began four and a half years ago at that fateful day at Starbucks when you first met. And I kind of talk a little bit about them. And, you know, that's kind of the part that you have a little more fun with. And then some of the other st stuff is a little more, you know, the vows are a little more rigid, but there really is no rules with weddings. And that's what a lot of people get hung up on. I see a lot of people Googling online or they reach out to me and they ask questions and they say, oh, can we do the declaration of intent before the vows? Or do we have to do a ring exchange? And there's all these questions. And at the end of the day, there is no rules. In the world of weddings, everyone seems to be so hung up on these old traditions. It's like, oh, the groom has to stand on the left side and the bride has to be on the right. Well, here's the reality. The original reasoning for that was so that it was easier for the groom to draw his sword to defend his bride. I mean, so that's the point is that a lot of these things, these old traditions, they're not relevant anymore. It's your wedding day. Own it. Be a little more contemporary. If you want to have your friend officiate it, do it. And if you are that friend listening to this, feel free to get a little creative. The one thing I will say to keep in mind is that some lighthearted jokes, some people want that, some people don't. So when you're officiating a wedding, the two things to always be aware of are do they want religion or do they not want religion? Do they want you to be serious or do they want you to be lighthearted? And really make sure you know the expectations of the, the couple. That's the biggest thing as the officiant. You know, it's not your show. You're not up there trying to make everyone laugh or entertain people. You're trying to do exactly what they want. So always be really clear and really know what they're looking for. That's really the biggest thing if you're doing it for a friend or if you're going to be doing it professionally. Now, after you do your friend's wedding, you're going to realize that you had a lot of fun and it was actually pretty simple. You're probably going to get online and start doing some Googling and you're going to realize that there's actually some money to be made out there. 
a lot of officiants, depending on where you are in the world, they charge, you know, several hundred dollars for a wedding. And some of them are, you know, very simple. And like I said, it's a very fun job. So if you do want to start kind of getting into it more professionally and trying to make some money at it, there's basically some simple steps you can take. So the way that I started off and the way that a lot of people start off is to simply put out a Craigslist ad and just be very honest about your experience. You know, say, say, hey, I'm a wedding officiant. I've did a couple of my friends weddings. I've really enjoyed it. I would love to do your wedding. And the ones you're going to get early on are going to be people looking for budget weddings. Basically, you know, you set your price really low, put out a Craigslist ad and people hit you up, you know, because there's a lot of people who are doing small backyard weddings, trying to do budget stuff. And a lot of the older guys who are officiants in general, most officiants, they're older guys and they charge a lot of money. A lot of, a lot of the guys in Colorado, they have premarital counseling that they do with it. And they have all this kind of complicated stuff. So from my personal experience, there is a demand for simple wedding officiants for small weddings, backyard weddings, informal ceremonies, elopements, simple stuff in the park. So if you put out that Craigslist ad and you have a, you know, a low price, I think, you know, I think it's fairly reasonable to think that you will get some bites. Now from there, as the big thing to start building is your reviews and your photos. With every ceremony, make sure you find the photographer, get their contact information. You need those photos so that you can show people that you've done some ceremonies. And from there, reviews. Every time you marry someone, you got to get the review from them. And then from there, you can kind of start building an online portfolio, you know, WeddingWire and the Knot.com. Think of those as like the wedding world Google. So eventually, you, you know, you can create a listing on those bigger websites, start getting your reviews, your photos. Now, those websites to advertise on them are very expensive, but you can always start building kind of a, a storefront on there, like I said, for the you know information about your company. And at the same time, just keep advertising on Craigslist, which costs $5 a month compared to WeddingWire, which is you know close to two or 300, depending on where you are. So that's kind of how it starts. You know, you start slow with it, kind of get things rolling, pick up some small, simple weddings. And then from there, if you have the time on your hands, start advertising, pay for a wedding wire, pay for the knot, put some money into it. And like, if you're anywhere like Colorado, I know Colorado has a very unique wedding culture. A lot of people come there from the Midwest, but in Colorado, there isn't enough wedding officiants. So, I mean, in the, in May on a Saturday, every working officiant is doing a wedding. And a lot of people who, who started looking late, they have to have a friend or family member officiate their wedding because the supply and demand just aren't there. Colorado, again, I mean, photographers, tons of photographers in Colorado, but the officiants are very limited. And I think, um, you might find that in a lot of parts of the country, especially places that are, you know, big destinations for weddings, such as Nevada, Florida, California, Hawaii, those kind of places. But at the end of the day, it's one of those things where once you learn how to do it, you build a script, you write your introduction, you kind of get comfortable with your wording from there. You have it, you put out your Craigslist ad, you get some, some people who are interested, you go do some weddings. It's a good way to make a few hundred dollars on Saturdays. You meet some people. It's fun. And at the end of the day, um, you know, I've really broken down the technical sides of it. But for me, I love the job. I have a really fun time doing it. I mean, weddings are a great time. We all know that. And for me, I feel like I'm not at enough weddings. You know, my friends aren't getting married enough. So this opportunity has allowed me to be at more weddings, be around more happy newlywed couples, hang out. At the end of the day, you know, it's a customer service job. But it's 
every customer's happiest day of their life. So even if someone is stressed out or they're a little unhappy or something, they want to be happy. It's their wedding day. So it's not going to take much to, you know, turn that around. It's not like, you know, a lot of these other jobs where people call you and they're pissed off because they want to be pissed off. You are working with people planning their wedding. They are happy. They're excited. And at the same time, I hate to say it, but the job It has its own stresses, it has its own workload, but it's very different than a lot of the other wedding vendors. I mean, think about the photographer, for example. I know a photographer who who actually knocked his hard drive off his desk after shooting a wedding. The hard drive broke, he lost all the couple's photos. Think about that. Think about how terrible of a situation that would be. Now, as a wedding officiant, uh, last year, for example, I blew out two tires on my way to a wedding. I had to get Ubers. It was like terrible situations, and it all worked out. I was 10 minutes late. It didn't really matter. So there is, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to you know, knock on wood, but um, I will say that in general, the wedding officiant is one of the vendors in the wedding world that is a little bit more forgivable than some other people. It's also, you don't have to hang out there the whole day. You know, when I'm leaving the wedding after cocktail hour, the DJ's drinking his second Red Bull. He's going to be there for another 10 hours. So obviously the money, the compensa- compensation levels out with the work, but I will just say that a lot of people think about weddings, they think about working in weddings, and they get really stressed out and they think it's like this crazy undertaking. But the officiant side of it, if you're a good public speaker, you're charismatic and you like people, it's a really fun opportunity to kind of get out there and flex your social muscles, do some creative writing, have some fun with people. And really, if you're if you're good at it, you know, you get to make a lot of people happy and that's, you know, also its own reward. So really, um, you know, with that, I'm going to kind of wrap things up here again, working as a wedding officiant. I really enjoy it. I'm very passionate about it. I'm always trying to tell other people that they should try to get into it. So if you do have an opportunity, a friend or a family member who wants you to officiate their wedding, consider it, you know, give it some thought, do some Googling, lots of good resources out there to help you build your script, some stuff like that. With that being said, just to give a little shout out here, if you are looking, planning a small wedding or putting something together, be sure to check out, you know, my company, Colorado Micro Weddings. We got, you know, photographers, caterers. We have rental homes with beautiful backyards. We put everything together for you to make your own little boutique small wedding in Colorado. We also have lots of resources on there on our sister website, microweddings.org. On there, we got, you know, how-to guides for planning and organizing small weddings. And I also, as an officiant, well, Obviously, I will officiate your wedding, but I also have a how-to guide. So if you want to hop on a phone call with me, exchange some emails, have me kind of coach you through the process, I do that for $50. It's really one of those things where once you talk to someone and get your questions answered, most people realize that officiating really isn't that difficult. So again, all those resources out there that I'm happy to help with, um, help you guys create your wedding day, you can find everything over at microweddings.org. With that, I think we're going to wrap things up. Thanks so much for stopping by, guys. Until next time, go marry some people.